We tend to think that sunlight is, is, is bad. In the wintertime, I would see more and more and more depression. And I began gathering clinical data on vitamin D levels. And in the wintertime, it is notorious that vitamin D levels drop low. It's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And there's a lot of- Say that one more time. That's a, that's a good yeah. point. It's, it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And I'm talking about not just addiction. I'm talking about the dangers of that. Let's talk about a new system. Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally, they're gonna come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no. What are the benefits of sunlight on human health? Sometimes people refer to sunlight as vitamin S, right? It really or vitamin, does. vitamin, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because like, <laughs> we tend to think that sunlight is, is, is bad or sunshine is bad or being in the sunshine is dangerous. I don't think it's that simple because God made sunshine. And if there's no sunshine, the earth can't exist and mankind can't exist either and the solar system can't exist. So there's, there's a benefit there. Maybe we don't understand all the benefits and maybe we don't think about it that way, but we should not be avoiding the sun as a whole. But there is some things to be aware of with sunshine. I remember early in clinical practice, in the wintertime, I would see more and more and more depression. And I began gathering clinical data on vitamin D levels. And in the wintertime, it is notorious that vitamin D levels drop low. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D is directly related to brain health. And vitamin D is not just a hormone. It is an antidepressant. Yes. So there is this thing called seasonal affective disorder that comes when the sun goes behind the clouds in the wintertime. It's crazy. I was even reading some stuff the other day that vitamin D is important for gut health, obviously immune health, and even, of course, we can't forget bone health. So vitamin D really is... Does the body good. It's more than a vitamin. It's actually, it's got a way to hook on to and signal through hormone receptors. So people have said it's kind of a, a vita hormone or a hormone a vitamin. It does both. And it's fascinating because we do get vitamin D conversion from the UV, UVB rays of the sun through our skin. But today, this is just kind of a theory or a hypothesis I've, I've formed based upon observation of blood labs. You know, we check that 25 hydroxy D marker in the blood and it's going to say like healthy ranges are somewhere between 30 and about 120, depending on what lab you look at. But I've observed that people that are outside and don't take vitamin D typically still have low vitamin D, which would be deficient in the 20s, or even insufficient would be low 30s. And my, I, my hypothesis of that is because of the toxicity in our environment, right? The toxicity in our bodies and the skin being a barrier, that probably that 
ability to manufacture that D there has been disturbed because of the persistent organic pollutions in our environment. Well, that is very, very curious that that is likely a true statement. Mm -hmm. And so if vitamin D does a brain good and it changes mood, vitamin D also being a hormone mm -hmm. affecting the immune system, um, when we get sunshine, it's going to improve the immune system as we uh, elevate our vitamin D levels. Yep. Now, vitamin D, there have been some studies that have been shown to uh, decrease hospitalization in individuals that have higher levels of vitamin D. Totally. I mean, even back during the COVID time, uh, we actually told people to get outside and get a little bit of sunshine on your arms, on your face, even for 20 minutes when they were sick. Right, we did that for a reason because it does tend to bring about some uh, form of happiness. I've I've said before, and this is a, you know, people know us know where this is coming from. There's healing in the sun, S U N, and also S O N, but you can't get the sun S U N being inside. You have to go outside. So there's something about fresh air. People even go get some sunshine at the beach. You know, why are you going to get sunshine? Why do you even want to do that? Because something in mankind wants to be outside. Something in mankind cues them to get outside and get some sunshine. You hear people all the time say, you know, I know I need to get outside. Well, there's something there inside of us that's telling us that. So <laughs> vitamin D and sunshine, it really is not a bad thing. Mother Nature's sunshine creates the body's own antidepressant. Yep. It supports the body's immune system. It also supports the body's bone structure. So you, sunshine does the body good. It does, and we still need to take vitamin D. So, you know, just a, just a caveat, a tangential piece here. I have darker skin. You know, I am a Western European descent, right? I don't know what that means, actually, but here I am, right? Colored skin and all, right? So darker skin people need more D, to get their D numbers up inside their body. Now that kind of flies in the face of what you would think. You know, I have a tan on, it's not really a tan, but it's dark skin. We need more D because this darker skin blocks the absorption of D. So we don't get the sunshine's manufacturing a D if we have darker skin. So we've seen in the past through various databases that people with lower D associated with darker skin are more susceptible to more disease processes. So we've, we've got to make sure to take our D, and I recommend 5,000 international units for everybody over 12. So if we're talking about the sun and getting a little bit of sun exposure, would it stand to reason that the earlier hours of the day would be best before the sun is directly overhead when yeah. it's got the uh, highest exposure? Well, totally. Early morning or late evening would be the best time. Now, obviously try to avoid burning, you know, anytime you burn, that skin is peeling. That's just a uh, an oxidative stress kind of situation. Um, try to avoid as best you can slathering those uh, sunscreens on you that have toxic chemicals. You know, something like a little zinc-based uh, sunscreen would be good if you tend to get um, burned like that. And there's always a good old-fashioned umbrella. You've been known to use those a few times. Uh, you won't find me sitting outside in the direct sunlight. I will sit outside in the sun in the shade because the sun always makes for happiness. It does. And people like to be outside. And that's one of the things that we like to do to get outside. And we're not sitting out in the sunshine all the time. I mean, probably the minimal time, uh, but we'll get out there and get in a pool or 
get out from underneath the umbrella a little bit and get a little sun and get back in, but try not to avoid or try to avoid getting burned. But the sunshine is so helpful for people. Um, we need to kind of begin to switch our thinking and switch the paradigm to think that sun is always bad. It's really not. Get a little sunshine every day. 15, 20 minutes at least every single day, folks, and you'll find yourself being happier and healthier and also getting a little vitamin D, but take it as well. So the sunshine is a healthy thing. And when you navigate through these, these economies with people, here's, here's what happens. We want to hold their hand through it, let them know when it's time to buy, sell, reallocate, get out of Dodge. Because a lot of times when you're struck with fear, fear does two things. Number one, it can paralyze and, and people just put their head in the sand and say, I'm just going to forget about it and hopefully it gets better. Or it causes you to make a wrong decision. And this is why we are here is to help people navigate through the political quagmire nonsense that's going on, the economic malaise and the absolute collapse that we're seeing. And when our freedoms are eroding, our political freedoms, our economic freedoms, our personal freedoms, our religious freedoms, our health freedoms, they're all tied together. But you know what doesn't need to erode with that? Our finances. Kirk Elliott, PhD.com forward slash Sherwood. Let's shine the spotlight on one of our star supplements. The human body can make most of the types of fats it needs from other fats or raw materials, but not omega-3 fatty acids, also called omega-3 fats or N3 fats. These are essential fats that the body must get from food. BioMega 1000 provides a potent dose of omega-3 essential fatty acids sourced from a strategically placed fishing facility in the far South Pacific Ocean off the coast of Chile. Each capsule delivers an impressive 1,000 milligrams of EPA and DHA, and the capsules also contain vitamin E. See the link below for a special offer, and remember, don't be fooled by cheap online knockoffs. The body's amazing at recovery, so you want to give it every chance, no matter what time it is. So in that context, no, it's certainly never too uh, late. You're never too old to start trying to be healthy. No matter where you are in terms of your health, that you can turn this around. It's never too late to start a wellness program, and it's never too late to reach your healthcare goals. I, there's an old adage, um, and I'm not sure where it came from, but I really do like it. And they say um, the, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is today. We just want people to hang on to hope. We are hope dealers. And if you are not paying attention to the four foundational pillars of health, physical, emotional, intellectual, and spiritual, eventually it is gonna catch up. If we get all those four areas right, and we do it right, we see a dynamic occur in the middle called wellness, and that's where people uh, get better. Their health, is really going to return as a side effect of wellness. Exploring biohacking, bioharmonizing, biosynergizing, stacking, resilience, or anti-fragility. Start here. No gimmicks, just proven results.
alcohol, what effects does it have on your body? Well, the Bible says to take a little bit of wine for the stomach, doesn't it? Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I think people now, take that a little extreme. <laughs> like, does that mean it, it's always good for you? Well, no, there's a lot of variables. Um, so alcohol, we cannot say just a blanket statement is bad for you because we know that Jesus drank wine, right? We can't say it's bad for you. And what I just quoted was a scripture, you know, where uh, the disciples were told, take a little bit of wine for your stomach, right? So obviously it has some purpose, but it's, it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And there's a lot of... Say that one more time. That's a, that's a good yeah. point. It's, it's okay to have alcohol, but it's not okay if it has you. And I'm talking about not just addiction. I'm talking about the dangers of that. Dependence. Yeah. Now, in a previous show, we were talking about the fatty liver concept, right? And so with that, there is such a thing as alcoholic fatty liver where the enzyme alcohol dehydrogenase doesn't work very well. It doesn't break down alcohol. So we end up with that heavy part of that metabolite that's toxic that settles in the liver. So there's a few people like that. There are a few people that can be very um, addicted if they don't metabolize it and it stays in the system longer. They feel it. In other words, if you have a glass of wine, you might have a little bit of a uh, buzz on it, you know, a little bit of neurotoxic action. Or there are other people that can have a glass of wine and don't have any effect at all. That's true. And it's going to be the length of time that you've consumed alcohol. And of course, it's going to be the quantity of alcohol that eventually has the toxic effects on the body. One yeah. of the things that happens in the system that I know from medical practice is there's this thing called Wernicke's encephalopathy. There's these what is that? Say it one more time. Wernicke's encephalopathy, uh -huh. where these little tiny mammillary bodies inside the brain become atrophied, if you will, and people start having balance problems, mm -hmm. they run into things, and then eventually they start having problems with memory loss or types of dementia. Well, so the brain is one thing that is very affected by alcohol. Yeah, and that's, that's going to be part of that brain inflammation concept again. You know, it's a, it's a toxin that affects the brain and damaged cells. I think, you know, there's, there's a few good things about alcohol, and I think we need to acknowledge that. Um, can alcohol be something that creates relaxation? It can in the moment, mm -hmm. but once that effect wears off, there's going to be a rebound effect, and the heart rate goes up. There's going to be that rebound tachycardia, mm -hmm. and it can't even awaken someone from sleep. Somebody yeah. who's on alcohol long-term, the effect on the cardiovascular system, it can create this thing called beriberi, or a dilated cardiomyopathy. Mm -hmm. It can really affect the structure of the heart. Yeah, a lot of people drink it to relax. You talked about you know, how that, that can be uh, sort of the, the, the devil's advocate position right there. Now, there is a well-known... Um, diet that promotes the use of alcohol. It's called the Mediterranean diet. But here's the caveat with that. There's some studies that indicate that the polyphenols or the uh, plant ingredients within the alcohol, the grapes per se, can help elevate HDL, which is the good cholesterol or protective cholesterol. Now, that's true in some to a point. But at the same time, if you're drinking wine, for example, and it becomes inorganic, we can also get some of the pesticides in there and some of the herbicides that are in there and they actually can hurt you. So it so, can create a toxic load. That's right. 
So brain toxic load, it can create heart toxic load or dilated cardiomyopathy. We talked about liver cirrhosis. There's also alcohol is a type of sugar mm -hmm. and too much alcohol can create a gut dysbiosis and overgrowth of certain species yep. of candida or yeast. And that is going to affect memory and cognition and function, energy production mm -hmm. to a point as well. And leaky gut. Can't forget that one either. The um, people also, even we're not talking about just wine and hard alcohol. We could talk about even beer in this particular discussion. You know, beer has gluten in it, right? Hops and gluten. Mm -hmm. So we know that gluten can be an issue with beer. And, and there's people that have a lot of this, this beer belly or this distension right here. Visceral fat. Visceral fat. And, and what that is, think about this, the toxins are stored within the fat right in and near your organs. Yes. That so didn't even sound good. And the pancreas, one of the other things that alcohol can do is it can elevate triglycerides. And we know that high triglycerides is an independent risk factor for sudden cardiac death. Yeah. So too much alcohol, too much triglycerides, too much triglycerides can equal pancreatitis and actually put you in the hospital. So if you've got visceral fat, it's not just your liver that's affected, it's your pancreas mm -hmm. that's affected. And that pancreas, if it becomes troubled and triglycerides go on the rise, here you are in the hospital with IV fluids to bring and insulin to bring those triglycerides down. I was talking with someone probably three or four weeks ago who was reviewing his, this person's lab. And I asked the question, you know, do you drink very much and how, how often and how much do you drink and what do you drink and all that. And the triglycerides were elevated at about 300 and they should be under 100. Now there's some that could be much higher than that, but the liver enzymes were also elevated. So there was a development there of that alcoholic fatty liver. And it turns out the person was drinking every single night, small amounts. Well, what they thought were small amounts, maybe a glass of wine or maybe two or three beers. But that was every night. And so people are different with this. So we need to really look at the individual uh, cases with this on alcohol and not make it a blanket statement. But if you, if you can avoid alcohol, go ahead. But if you find out perhaps that it's beneficial in some way with your body type, your genetic type, you can do that. But make sure you're drinking organic. Clean alcohol is what That's you're right. saying. Because if you don't, right, again, a lot of the alcoholic industry today is done with inorganic preparation and production methods, which puts a whole load of toxins in there. And that becomes a, a huge problem with people. So we are not saying that alcohol is bad. Far from that. We're saying there could be some small benefit. True. But overall, there's probably more detriment holistically with alcohol than there is benefit. So up next, um, choose your financial guru, Kirk Elliott, gives advice on what you need to know at this time in history. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. Hello, I'm Kevin Sorbo. Now there's an old saying, it's not what you know, but who you know that matters. Now that's true in our careers. 
spiritual life, and when it comes to our health and overall well-being. Today, most of us know a lot of information about health and nutrition, but are we really doing anything with it? So here's what I've learned from working with doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. They're the founders of the Functional Medical Institute. You need a wellness plan that's customized based on your unique needs. Now remember, real change can only happen when you address the whole person. That is exactly what Mark and Michelle do and why they are people you should know. They'll help you discover what you need to experience transformation. Find out at Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo. That's Sherwood.tv slash Sorbo or just see the link below. Have a great day and God bless. I could use your assistance. Okay. Um, Jesus. Huh? I, my name is Jesus. <laughs> sure. Jesus. Jesus is here today. You, uh, you looking for a job? Yes, sir. You and Mark have 45 days before the bank forecloses. Not to worry. They do not call me by God buyer for nothing. The collection plate starts to be passed around. Mark reaches into the basket and shouts, you and your family are the winner from the first church of the Lotto. Kind of think of it like a high stakes bingo night every Sunday. This video of the diaper is going viral right before our eyes. This is a miracle. What, what is? Friends of Faith has over 300,000 followers. Oh my god! That's more followers than Moses had. Jesus! Take the wheel! Say no, stop it. take the wheel! I got it! I got it, buddy. Mark, it's great to be with you again. And um, we've all been talking about the globalists and their plans for a, a big global reset and what that means for, for a long time now. Well, starting on January 16th, for one week, they were all meeting the, the, the G7, the G20, the IMF, the World Economic Forum, um, all the big globalist policy leaders globally were meeting in Davos, Switzerland, like they do every single year. They had this confab, right? So what were they talking about, right? Well, before they even met, their notes came out, you know, the outline, this is what we're going to talk about to all you people that are here, right? All the, the globalists, and we've got Republicans and Democrats and politicians there, they're all meeting. And what are they talking about? What did they talk about, right? So according to the World Economic Forum website, these are the topics. And, and again, like I've said before, words have meaning, right? So let's listen to these words. They're, they're bullet points. They're going to address the current energy and food crisis in the context of a new system for energy, climate, and nature. They're going to address the current high inflation, low growth, high debt economy in the context of a new system for investment, trade, and infrastructure address the current industry headwinds in the context of a new system for harnessing frontier technologies for private sector innovation and resilience. They're going to address the current social vulnerabilities in the context of a new system for work, skills, and care. And they're going to address the current geopolitical risk in the context of a new system for dialogue and cooperation in a multipolar world. 
It's like, what's all this talk about a new system? Well, they're bringing it on us, right? They've 90% of all the central banks globally are now starting to issue central or going down the path of a central bank digital currency. Now, they're going to come in with messaging like this is the amazing white knight on a shiny horse coming in to save the day, right? Well, no, this is not what it's about. All that a central bank digital currency is, is cryptocurrency. It's a digital version of the paper money that they already print. However, so they can print just as many dollars as they want, right? Or as many yen or as many euro as they want. They can issue as many digital version of that currency as well, because there's no tangible backing behind it. So it's going to do nothing to address the inflationary pressures. But here's the deal, Mark, for, you know, the old saying, never let a good crisis go to waste. Okay, nobody would want a system where your digital social profile, what you spend money on, what your religion is, who you donate to, what church you give to, what political party you give to, how you spend your money, have you been vaxxed or not vaxxed, right? All of this is part of our digital social profile. And if they don't like it, because it's programmable money, they have the authority to shut off your ability to buy or sell. This is what a digital social profile attached to a central bank digital currency does. So when they're talking about a new system, this is the system they're talking about. How do I know that it's not some other system? Because further on in their notes, they talk about how this, this is going to be a new normal, how they have to talk about a global coalition for digital safety because there's big efforts that we need to tackle here. They need to talk about applying human rights to the digital world. Why? Because they know that their system is going to strip away our privacy, our freedom, and our rights. And so they need to talk about how are we going to tackle this when we're going to have a ton of opposition from stripping people of their freedom and their privacy completely. So this is what's going on politically. And all of our investments, Mark, are, we are a combination of some puzzle pieces. The political puzzle piece, the economic puzzle piece, the social puzzle piece, right? They all get put together. And this is what I do and what we do at our firm is put those puzzle pieces together and strategically put together a system to get out of the path of this hurricane and safely reallocate to get out of the system where you're not just a digital number, where your programmable money can shut you off from buying or selling, right? So how do you do that? With tangible assets like gold and silver that not only have we talked about in the past how they're great investments, I mean, they're they're booming, but they're also in this respect, um, also instrumental in protecting your religious freedom, your personal freedom, your political freedom, your economic freedom, your health freedom, because it's private, they're private transactions. So, so call our office. You know, Mark, you and I talk a lot about this and, and every one of the viewers should give us a call because we can strategically map out. It's a free consultation, your strategy for success so you can thrive. And all you have to do is go to kirkelliotphd.com forward slash Sherwood, or you can just give our office a call 720-605-3900 and say Dr. Mark sent you. Let's get real. Most emergency food is just as bad for you as any other choice in the standard American diet. And that's just sad. We don't just need food. We need highly nutritional food. We don't just want to survive food shortages. We are meant to thrive in adversity. 
Complete your daily nutrition and have shelf-stable Kingdom Fuel as a cornerstone of your food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on Kingdom Fuel now.